Hi, this is part three of Tokyo Jazz Joints Five Days in June. Enjoy. Well, we go to uh, one of the larger spots uh, back to the right in the center of Sapporo, uh, a place called Bossa. And um, well, what happened? We walked in, and this is, I think. Think the only time this has ever happened, um, yeah. there, it was completely packed. I mean, like <laughs> completely packed and yeah, rowdy. It was rammed. It was like a, it was like a bar bar where people were getting drunk and laughing and you know and, and having a great time. And and a waitress, there's multiple waitresses in there again, unusual. Um, one just says, "Oh, you know, I can fit you in at the counter at the back near the window. It's kind of tight." And we we're like, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine." Clearly, we would not. Think thinking uh, in right minds at the time because if we had been we would have declined the offer to sit there because we would have realized right away there's no chance to get any pictures you know yeah um, but we went and sat down and i remember okay in addition to imagine so there's all these people who are quite rowdy a lot of young people too so you, you know not your usual jazz uh, cafe crowd and i remember thinking and I, you know clearly i was a little drunk at the time and i was thinking like did we in the wrong place <laughs> did we did we make a mistake yeah. and is bossa no longer a jazz bar but then looked up and saw the whole wall of records behind mm. the counter leading to the kitchen and again they've got thousands of records there and they were playing some pretty you know up tempo kind of hard bop you know the kind of thing you'd listen to on a friday night but everything about the place was just strange yeah i mean it was rammed. I mean, I have I've got some video evidence of it. So again, check out our highlights on on the Tokyo Jazz Joints Instagram uh, page. You can find a, a clip from Bossa as we found it the first time, uh, because actually what happened was we we stayed for a drink, realized where things were headed, uh, and made the decision to go back the following morning, um, just when it had opened. And so the photograph that you see of the outside uh, and the sign was taken at the time on that evening. The rest of the photographs in the series that you can see there are, are clearly from what we've been saying uh, the next day when there were no customers there. But people were having full meals. Like they weren't just having drinks. Like people were eating food and we were crammed in up against those plants at the far end. So it wasn't even like we had a good vantage point to, to turn <laughs> around and, and look at the place. Because every time you turn around and someone thinks, you know, you're trying to order something so you're just kind of in the end like after all this we're just yeah. staring at these pot plants oh. crammed in at that far end and and it was quite frustrating it was it was just yeah it was kind of weird and and it was unfortunate too because i was i remember sitting there thinking and, and i mean like you said it was really loud um we couldn't really even hear each other so we were just kind of drinking our drink quickly I remember thinking, oh, it's kind of a bummer way to end the day, man. You know, I, I was hoping that, you know, we could, we could, uh, you know, end it off with a bang, but we can't get the pictures. Didn't really know if we were going to make it back in the morning. I think you checked the, the schedule and we're like, okay, if we rush, we could probably get here for like a quick 15 minutes for a coffee or something. Um, and ended up getting to do that, which was, yeah, that's lucky. what we did, I think. But also, we, we did approach the owner who, if I remember, had a very fetching toupee on. Uh, at the time and looked like he was a sort of a, a, an extra from a Shinjuku gangster <laughs> film from the, the mid 60s. But he was, and this is not a criticism, was not 
in the slightest interest in what we were doing. And I think, not you at know, all. on a busy Friday evening where there's all these customers and we're sort of humming and hanging, oh, here's my business card, we're yeah. doing this project. He wasn't really interested. So we, yeah. we just got the message to give up, really. And, and yeah. it was a case of either steal the photos uh, and annoy some people, maybe get thrown out, or just nip back in the morning. And, and uh, of course, when we went back, it was completely empty. I mean, I think it was just open, but it was. Uh, it we was. had a quick coffee. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we, we spent probably, yeah, 10, 15 minutes there, I guess. The next day, yeah? Yeah, the next day, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, actually, I mean, actually a great spot, you know, a great joint. Gorgeous, you can yeah. see you you got the, the, the sign outside. You know, look at it. It's beautiful. You know, Bossa since 1971. Um, you mentioned earlier in our, you know, the kind of uh, escalators that go to the underground passageways to walk in the city in the winter. So you, you've got that right there on the left. And you can also see someone sitting on a chair because the shop next door has got their doors open, you know, and the tree in the background. I mean, it's just a very pleasant city, Sapporo. And Bossa is right smack dab in the center. Um, so, you know, go there, but maybe don't go at nine o'clock on a Friday night. <laughs> If you're, well, of if course, you're going for the quiet jazz. Yeah, and I mean, we had no choice, did we? Um, mm. But, you know, this was in a fairly lively area of um, of Sapporo. And, uh, yeah, it was it was jumping, you know. And you mm. can see from the sign as well, just to, in the interest of reading the small print, not only is there no charge, which we've mentioned before is, is quite common in a lot of the places, but also uh, for two hours you can drink uh, as much as you want for for about uh, twenty dollars, uh, approximately twenty euros, and you can choose from a menu of one hundred and twenty cocktails. So you know it's that funny thing of like we talk a lot about how this culture is diminishing, how it's disappearing, but here's a really good example of somewhere that's absolutely thriving. You know, and by no means were all the people in there uh, hardcore jazz heads and so on, but again the business is thriving they're making money and it's likely to stay open for, for years and so that can only be a good thing for for this culture albeit it's maybe not the the romanticized and the the really old school mm. you know faded version mm -hmm. that we tend to prefer i suppose when when we go into them well you know look you make your money on a friday night and then you know you're still open in the afternoons where where the jazz heads can come in. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very happy we did not do that two-hour deal, by the way. That that wouldn't have gone well for me. Um, because as we're going to hear... I mean, you're not a big cocktail man at the best of times, are you? As, 120 would just be overwhelming. As as we're going to hear, uh, okay, we leave Bossa. Um, we stop and have a bite to eat. I remember we hang had on a, a minute, nice Hang pizza. on a minute. It's more than just we stopped to have a bite to eat because this was the weirdest pizza I've ever had. I, I I do not okay I think at this point I may have been lagging because I do not have any notes in my diary about weird pizza and, I and think you know you know how I am I'm a New Yorker you know how seriously I take my pizza so I think I must have had the the very easy to make and, and easy to eat margarita and you went with one of your strange sort of anchovy and broccoli or whatever you get no, on it no I first of all I wouldn't have broccoli on a pizza secondly I don't like anchovies but I do like spicy food and I ordered something along the lines of a Diablo something that had a bit of spice a bit of a kick to it well I'm not exaggerating here and again I have video evidence of this so I'll post this on our social media feeds I would say just at a guess there must have been somewhere in the region of 30 to 35 green chilies chopped up and sprinkled all over the pizza <laughs> and i have a photograph here of a stockpile oh. of green chilies that okay. even i, I loving remember. spicy food could I not remember. face oh, it was traumatic no. i remember that's great <laughs> okay I do, I do remember that yes 
Oh, that's funny. And it's so, so random, too, because I think it was one of these pizza joints that was, you know, the, the Italian-style oven, um, which, I mean, and, you know, listen, I eat a lot of pizza, Italian and American-style, and, and I've never seen anybody put that kind of pepper onto it. No, and so that, what, in, the vol- in that volume. From? Yeah, very It was strange. just like, very come Very strange. Nobody, nobody, I defy uh, anyone to enjoy no, that pizza. Great. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway, it, it looks it looks from the plate that I managed to, to polish most of it off anyway, because it had been a long day. And uh, you mentioned finishing with a bang. Well, I think actually, despite the disappointment of Bossa, we did finish with a bang, didn't we? Completely, completely. So we, we find uh, our last spot. And, I, I, well, please get back to your very, very informative timestamp uh, uh, declarations. What time right. is this now? Let me tell you. 11.27. Was it that late? Jesus, I'm surprised I made it. Man, 11. Okay, so no so wonder. That, that explains a lot. So, okay, Jericho, um, basement joint. But, again, we're, we're now we're really still in the center uh, of Sapporo on a Friday night in the summertime. So it's the streets are packed. And what I do have in my notes about Jericho is it was just hard to even get down the steps because there was a whole crew of salarymen at the top of the stairs coming out of somewhere all really drunk and being annoying and it was hard to get around them. Um, but we go down into Jericho and um, what do we find? Well, it's it's even by jazz bar standards, uh, it was really cramped, really, really cramped. And there was nobody in there. I mean, that was kind of strange, didn't you think? Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was absolutely empty, and like you say, cramped. But yet, even in that cramped space, the owner, of course, revealed that just to the left, as you come in the doorway, there's a bed. So basically, he kind of more or less lives there. He he serves customers when 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 they're there, and then he sleeps the rest of the time. So I think you've got that it's open till five a.m. That's that that's right. It's which open is amazing. Until, it's open till five a.m. And it is, um, you know, he even has occasional little little live gigs in there, which I, I don't, I mean, well, we've stopped trying to wonder how they do it because we've been in even smaller places. But somehow you'll get in a, a, a small trio and a singer and about 10 or 15 customers packed in. Um, but he was a great dude. I remember him talking and, and really, really digging our story. Um, but at some point, I had to rest a little bit. And uh, I, I lost track of the conversation, which you, I believe, did take some notes about, or did you did you forget that? Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned this previously, but this was one of the classic examples of um, you just leaving me to it. So at that point, <laughs> you you just had enough, and so you I started to wander off, uh, wander around, take pictures, uh, assuming that you would keep him, you know, chatting and occupied. Uh, but no, uh, suddenly I realized that I was also talking as I was photographing and I looked across and of course you were slumped on the <laughs> counter once again. Not, not, not an uncommon sight. Let's face it over the last, uh, five years of the project. But, no, um, no, he but, was a, but he justified was a, on this day, justified. Well, on this day, I mean, I certainly more than others, but uh, <laughs> it, it was, um, he was an absolute delight and, Probably one of my favorite pictures uh, from the whole project that I've taken is that one of him just, um, he put on a record, he closed his eyes, uh, and uh, I managed to snap a picture of him just with the Jazz Life uh, magazine in the in the foreground. And to me, that just sums up, you know, that project. He Loved just it. was there. It. It's in yes. his own space. He was content. 
just listening to the music that he loves and uh you know, whatever, like n- nothing else mattered in that moment. And um, an absolute gentleman. Yeah, a really, yeah. really great place to finish up. And again, yeah. I'm not sure if this is somewhere that we, you know, was particularly large on our radar. I think it was just kind no, of some, no, another no, 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 name. Not at all, it? not at all. I think I think we, um, we added a couple places and names, I guess we would say, like Rondo and Jericho, pretty late. It might have even just been a day or two before where, where yeah. you know, one of us had just found, wait, 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 there's one more place, but, we, you know, there's not much information. Um, two quick things in addition. Yes, absolutely wonderful guy, and I love that picture. Um, very glad we were there at night, so you did not order the uh, curry gyoza, which is, uh, you can see in a vertical menu <laughs> next to next to his head there. There's two food. If I items. hadn't just had that pizza, I might yeah, have gone for those. Th- thankfully, no curry gyoza. Um, and uh, the other thing... Not in the thing, capsule hotel. <laughs> Big mistake. The other thing with Jericho uh, was if... <laughs> Look, I'm not as as we've talked about. I'm not Mr. It Man, uh, but um, go to the Jericho website someday and and just look at the the map to try and find the joint. And uh, I've never, literally, never seen anything like this on any it's other astonishing, website. Astonishing, isn't it? It it is. It looks like you know when you used to you know if you didn't have cable TV but you tried to put on cable and it would just be fuzzy on the TV screen it's all scrambled. <laughs> That's what this guy's map looks like. To me, it looks like it's been drawn by a child with uh, <laughs> fingerprints, just just putting ink on their fingers. It, I mean, it's inexplicable that somebody would put this incredible. on their website. Absolutely unreal, and I, I definitely worthy of a screen uh, <laughs> a screenshot to put up on our social yeah. media feeds because yeah. it's. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, it is something else. And I mean, the, the actual website itself, uh, which, and it says there, of course, that he's been open since 83, is actually not that bad. Um, right. It's not exactly. the greatest website, yeah. but the map is really quite something compared to the rest of the the website. So so there we are, day one. And it was, what, what, a, what a hell of a start, though, man. I mean, look at the amount of space we covered and the amount of joints that we got to, you know? It was a pretty uh, pretty hectic day. What what was the what was the final count then in terms of three six? So the final seven. count is one two three four five six seven. Yes, it's not bad considering we started the morning at uh, Haneda Airport. And, <laughs> yeah, seven uh, joints in two cities, neither of which are remotely close to Tokyo. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty pretty damn good. Yeah, and uh, obviously then we had the luxury of the Soleil Spa Hotel to return to that evening. Uh, pop yourself in your coffin, pull the little curtain over, uh, uh, watch a bit of TV till you fall asleep, uh, and then wake up three, four hours later in an absolute panic because you think you've been buried alive, and you realise <laughs> it's just a capsule hotel. Um, and uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed it, actually. Again, uh, I've got some footage of that, so I'll, I'll pop that onto the social media feed when and, uh, this yes. episode goes live. And then we're off to day two. Day two. So... Day two. Here we are at day two. So uh, you'll probably, hopefully, if you've heard day one, that will make a lot more sense. Uh, and uh, day two, we started where we finished day one, which, of course, was in the capital of Hokkaido, or uh, better known as Sapporo City, up in the north, uh, closer to many parts of Russia than it is to parts of Japan. Uh, and uh, it says uh, in the notes there, James, that you were up respectively early for a relaxing onsen bath and breakfast. I was indeed. I wow. um, 
very responsibly set my alarm. I woke up, I had a coffee, I had some breakfast, I took a nice soak, came out feeling mighty fine considering how long the day was uh, previously. You, however, come running down in a disheveled state. Um, perhaps now I understand a little bit more based on the Diablo pizza that you ate the night before. Maybe there was some other delay action going on that morning that prevented you from coming down quickly. But um, anyway, after a quick hair comb, um, which you insisted on going to the mirror to do, because as we all know, you have perfect hair. Got to have some um, standards. We, uh, we race out at a place and we go to um, one of the few... Jazz Kisaten in town that opens very early in the morning, and it's called Groovy. Can I just and say, James, just just before you get on to Groovy, mm -hmm. in my defense, you did have a couple of hours sleep the previous day, not only on the plane, but the train, and also in some of the jazz places. So <laughs> in, in my defense, I was definitely functioning on, on less sleep. So, you know, the fact that I was up at all, and had even the time and sense to comb my hair, I think speaks volumes for my uh, level of stamina. Anyway, carry on, groovy. Full, full respect. Um, we, a short subway ride, uh, walk through some more quiet streets. Um, so, you know, this is a, uh, a an early Saturday morning in the summertime in Sapporo. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful place to go for a morning walk, actually. I remember we walked by a very leafy park. Yet again, did not feel like the rest of urban Japan. Um, and then we come across Groovy, which, uh, well, there we'll get more into this as we get into our journey. There are several Groovies in Japan, but this one, very, yep. very unique. Feels much more like just your neighborhood cafe. Yeah, than a jazz spot. Um, and you can see that from sort of how the entrance looks, don't you think? Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of uh, Mura in Kyoto that we mentioned. It was it was uh, in this kind of little quaint white building and just in the middle of a, a regular residential neighborhood. So uh, quite mysterious, kind of quaint building um, and uh, just slap bang in the middle of a residential neighborhood. I remember mm -hmm. walking a fair bit to get there. And um, again, we were sort of slightly up against time because to put it into context, we then uh, had a flight booked from Hokkaido way down to the southern island of Kyoto. So we weren't in a position to be able to be flexible with time. We mm -hmm. had to get there, find the place, you know, spend some time with the owner, uh, photograph it, and then head back uh, into town. So, um, But do you remember, um, you know, okay, so we sit down, we order a coffee, and we look around, we're like, okay, this is a really, really pleasant, you know, small neighborhood cafe where he plays a lot of jazz. And, you know, well, okay, great way to start the morning. And then something happens, as it always seems to on our adventure, that just leaves us speechless. So we start to describe to the very friendly owner, and you got a great portrait of him. You can see what a kind face he has, Mr. Noda, Noda-san. We describe what we've been doing for the last several years. And he says to us, he's like, Really? You do that? Because when I was younger, I went all around the country and visited every jazz kiss attend that I could. Yeah. And so we, we we discovered that this is our this is our older soul brother. And he pulls out a scrapbook and he's been keeping a scrapbook for more than 40 years of every jazz spot that he's visited around Japan when he was a student in the Tokyo region and then later on when he had a job that would take him here and there and then times when he would just deliberately go on vacation. He had absolutely hundreds 
and hundreds of flyers, matchbooks, and pictures from all around the country. It was just, I, I mean, we had no idea, and it just left us speechless yet again. Yeah, and it was something to me, you know, slightly melancholic about it because he had this scrapbook of all these matchbooks and next to the the matchbooks, he'd recorded the time and place that he went. And then he'd also written uh, the price of the coffee that he'd drunk. Uh, and I just got that sense again, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, I think we said to him, well, you know, would you like to go again and visit the places that you haven't been to? And there was no sense that he would have any interest in doing that. And it felt to me very much that that kind of... Um, one trip that he'd taken at that one point in his life and that was the big thing and then he'd come back to where he was and he was settled there and he you know no intention or no reason to be going uh, to all these far-flung jazz places now and there's nothing wrong with that in itself but it just had a slight air of that kind of melancholy to me where you know um maybe in some way he wished he'd seen more or been to more places or he could do it now, but obviously, you know, he's now tied to, to this groovy cafe. But if, if you're going to have to be tied to somewhere and work, uh, I'd say groovy <laughs> is, is definitely one of the places that, that, that would be a better option. And you it know, also, that's, uh, that's interesting, Philip. And, and, you know, all jokes aside, maybe, maybe, maybe that is the Irish in you because I completely had the opposite reaction really i i had a yeah not at all that's so interesting because we did not talk about it i mean at the time as you mentioned we're running around right and you know it was much later that we had the chance to process some of the things that we had seen yeah and experienced but i didn't get that feeling at all i i got the feeling of and and you see this a lot in japanese um you know whether it's japanese aesthetics or japanese artists this this obsessive detail about documentation you know, yeah. about tracking and recording even the most minute things um, down to, I, I forget who the, the, the guy is. The, there's a famous Japanese artist who was based in New York for a while who basically just kept a diary every single day of his life, um, but only just listed the most minute things like woke up 640, you know, yeah. and, and eventually turned it into an art installation. I, I, I just can't recall the name at the moment. But th that was the impression that I got from this guy was that, yeah, you know, I was really lucky because, you know, I, I went to college and I had this job. So, you know, I always wrote down what I had just to keep like this kind of record of it so that one day I could look back at it. You know, I had the complete opposite uh, impression from you. I mean, I may be projecting, um, you know, um I think we've talked about it before, but, you know, having worked in Japan for a long time, worked in Japanese environments as well uh, while living there, you know, sometimes you do get that sense of um, people maybe had certain ambitions or dreams that, you know, were, I suppose, suppressed or... or um, they weren't able to fulfill them because particularly of obligations, you know, we've mentioned it again, you know, this idea of uh, often particularly for uh, sons and, and usually the eldest son, it kind of falls to them sometimes to take over the business regardless of whether, uh, you know, they want to or not. And I certainly know that I have one uh, friend from Japan, an older guy who, you know, was very much in that position, you know, took over his father's business out of loyalty and, and respect, uh, you know, really tough, tough thing to do and, and had to sort of change the course of his life. So I, I could be just projecting that too, but either way, you know, he had traveled 
quite dis- quite some distances. You know, uh, I- I'm just looking through there. I photographed some of them again on my phone, which I will share on social media. But he had been down as far as Nagasaki, so way down the south of Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd had a coffee uh, on the 16th of September, 1973, and it cost him 150 yen. Unbelievable! So there you go. On on, I mean that that level of yeah, it's just yeah, it's, it's just amazing, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I really like the guy, and you know it's funny because um, we we've talked a few times, Philip, previous episodes we've done about there are Japanese uh, fans, jazz Kingston fans out there, mostly guys, mostly about our age or older, uh, but who, you know, who do blog a little bit about their, you know, visits to the various places. This is all in Japanese, so it's not really accessible to anyone outside Japan. Um, but several of those guys who I would follow on Twitter and et cetera, have mentioned visiting Groovy and um, really kind of like, you know, being sort of, almost reassured it's like oh you know i'm I'm not this like strange maniac that like mm-hmm. skips sightseeing to go to a jazz cafe <laughs> like there's a lot of people yeah. like us you know and and it, i i you know i completely obviously you know could uh could relate to that and um, that's what i felt like you know talking to noda-san it was kind of like oh okay you were doing this stuff way before uh you know we were even in japan and and that you kept this record is just so special. Well, before we were alive, actually, because it was 1973. But <laughs> um, yes. talking of strange maniacs, um, this place also, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, did uh, allow you to break your no eating in jazz kisaban, didn't it? Because you had a huge one of those huge doorstep slices of toast that you get in Japan. That's did literally, I? I would say, four inches thick, and then you, you get a big lump of butter sure? on it. Yeah. I, are you defi- sure? Yep. We definitely because had I, toast. Okay. Then my notes are mistaken because I have, in well, this is a good uh, good segue. Very well done there. Uh, Thank the, you. Pod- Thank your you. Your podcasting skills have really improved. Well. Um, great segue into our next joint, Mingus, uh, Mingus Coffee Shop, because uh, in my notes I have that I ate a, a large uh, d- toasted uh, cheese sandwich at the Mingus Coffee Shop. Maybe so, you were just on a toast kick that day. We should maybe, probably say maybe that. Maybe I was just um, hung over and I needed to eat something, but yeah. <laughs> we, sh- we should probably say that when we left, groovy we headed back actually to bossa so we had a quick visit as we've already mentioned we, we went correct. there yes. snapped those photos uh, and at this point then of the morning um didn't it, think that we would make it either because i remember being no. kind of like i don't know if we can do this man because we don't know where this mingus place is it was tight wasn't it and because, it turned um, out to be difficult to find right it was yeah so we got back to bossa so we're in groovy about i think 4 10 a.m for them opening uh my uh phone's telling me that we were back in bossa by 11 21 and then uh, we arrived in mingus um, just before midday. And I think we took a taxi to Mingus or from Mingus, but certainly we really struggled to find it because we walked we up and a, down the yeah, street a few times. we took a, a taxi. We took a taxi there and he dropped us in the street, but we couldn't find it That's because right, yeah. it's it's hidden in, in the back of this office building, which you can see from the, the shot that you have of the sign outside. That, that wooden sign is not nearly as big as you think it is. No. And, and and we didn't expect it to be in a building like that. So we walked by three or four times. By the way, I'm very impressed you said 1121. It's like you're Jason Bourne or something. Wow. Well, tracking the times here. It's unbelievable. It's the, it's the cap fits. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was it was it was strange we actually do you remember we had to call her 
And it was kind of embarrassing because she was like, yeah, you're right there. And we're like, well, I don't know where, we're like, where, but, but, you know? but, but where? And, and was she kept saying, a... no, you're right there. Like, you just got to come in. And, and, and finally we figured it out. And there was a rising sort of sense of panic at this point, because I think <laughs> obviously this was our last place in Sapporo. And then, yeah. uh, as I've said, we had the flight book. Now, flying and as in... people, people who are familiar with Japan will know, um, your flights are not delayed. Okay, you know, they're not from JFK, you know, but yeah. but also, you know, flying domestically in Japan is 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 almost as simple as just taking a train. I mean, you turn up, you you fire through, so it's not yeah. often a big a big issue. There's a lot of flights going uh, all over Japan domestically. Stay, mm. and they're very rarely full, so it, you can definitely push the time a little bit more than perhaps you would with like international flights. But mm. either way, we 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 the last thing we wanted to was to miss the flight because, of course, obviously, then it would knock the whole trip out of sync. Uh, and everything but we we sat in Mingus you uh, clearly had your cheese toasted sandwich it was really difficult to photograph in here which is why there's only sadly four photographs on the on the website and it's not even that it was a big place but it was quite busy it had a little outdoor balcony area as well um, and uh, it just didn't feel like the kind of place where people was uh, someone was going to be comfortable with us photographing particularly no, the customers no, in there, there were, so there were a lot of saturday morning you yeah. know coffee drinkers and definitely the, yeah that sort of balcony or patio actually uh, had a great nice view you could see the the main central park of sapporo which is That's a right, huge yeah. area where the ice uh, uh, festival is and you could kind of see it from there. It it reminded me very much of of, of a kind of a New York style coffee shop, actually, uh, except with with the jazz. And and you were able to get the speakers. Yeah. Um, and I remember the, the the young lady who who ran the place. And yeah, she was really nice. She kind of she kind of laughed when we finally walked in. She's like, "Oh, you found it. Yeah, thank you. Sorry." Um, but it, it's a strange place because it is. It's on the fifth floor, like way in the back of this office building. You can imagine that space being an office at some point in the past um i'm not sure how the transition was made uh into a cafe you know as you mentioned we didn't have time to really talk but i really liked it and and you're definitely a place that you could you could go and sit on that balcony for a couple hours and have your brunch you know uh, on a saturday or sunday morning and um you know clearly the jazz is is authentic with those speakers and being called mingus you know you're going to hear good music so yeah, and I had to, I think I pretended to be fiddling about with a suitcase uh, just so that I could steal that photograph of the sound system. Um, I remember I remember that. Yes, more Jason Bourne type activity. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, I remember. Because yeah. I stood up at one point and you, were, you just like really like scolded me. James, sit down. And I was like, Jesus, okay. Oh, you're taking pictures. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think probably the, the huge camera in my hands should have been a, an indication of that. But anyway, uh, we I, I got that photograph at least. And I think there's enough there that gives a sense of the kind of place it was. It, it wasn't big, uh, but very clean, very um, modern. Uh, and again, another good example of, of a more forward looking place, which I'm sure mm. uh, failing other pandemics and, and various uh, natural disasters will definitely keep going for, for a good long time. So it was good that we managed to, first of all, yes. find it uh, and then... Uh, just get it captured. I think I was fairly wired by the stage. This could have been like three coffees in, so I, I, think I was getting was quite jumpy. Same for me, and 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 then we had to. Okay, so we raced to the airport. Um, my notes drag a little bit here. All I have though is that we get on the plane. 
Um, I do have nap written down, so I assume that that was myself <laughs> taking another nap. I mean, that's probably just a reminder to yourself. Not that you need reminding, but uh, the original schedule, I think, says um, the flight is leaving at 2.30, and uh, my timestamp would back that up because I've got uh, something posted with one of those uh, instruction cards of what you need to do in an emergency uh, at around that time. In, but unfortunately, uh, uh, we could not fly direct. We had to go from from Sapporo back to Tokyo. Well, it's the same direction, but we had to get off the plane and get another plane down to, and we went all the way. So we went from the way north to the southern tip of Kyushu Island. This is the the last major city of the four major islands, excluding Okinawa, Uh, a wonderful town uh, called Kagoshima. So by the time we get there, what what time is it? You'd say about 6 p.m. at least. Well, um, I have got video evidence at a quarter to eight of you putting on your little raincoat that you brought especially with you to keep yourself safe in the rainy season this podcast was produced and created by philip arneal and james catchpole of the Tokyo Jazz Joints Project. Thanks to Brian of Grooves Ahead for audio assistance and also to Louis Lastic for our theme music.